Today on the Evangelist Podcast, we're looking at how to handle ethical hot potatoes. The Evangelist Podcast from Revival. Find out what's new in telling people the good news about God, the world, and you with Andy Brinkley and Glenn Scrivener. You're listening to The Evangelist Podcast. This is the show where we encourage you in your witness to your friends, your family, and even complete strangers. I'm Andy Brinkley, and with me is Glenn Scrivener. Hello, everybody. How are you, Glenn? Yeah, really good. Really good. We just went out onto the seafront to film a little video, so yeah. it was a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, sort of a promo for... Uh... A course that you're doing. Yeah, so 321 Go is an evangelism training course that I've been uh, developing for uh, a couple of years now, and uh, we're going to run it in Eastbourne, if you're anywhere near Eastbourne, so uh, beginning on the 9th of October, yeah. six Thursdays, and uh, yeah, we're going to think about how the goodness of the good news, as explained by 321 itself, sends us out, so 321 yeah. Go into the world. So. And we're going to video it, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It will be online. Yeah, so get in, get in touch if, you, if you're anywhere around Eastbourne, and if you're not, stay tuned, and, and hopefully you can watch the videos. Excellent. And you've also nearly completed, uh, or the publisher's nearly finished, the, uh, the 321 book. 321 book is, yeah, it's quite exciting. So the editor uh, sent me back a document with um, the final, final, final changes to have a look at. Huh? And it was funny, because I, I, I looked at it, and um, I was really chuffed, because in the margin, at, at several points, she wrote the word outstanding. Like in, in capital letters. <laughs> right. And I thought, that's, oh, isn't that, isn't that's that really great. encouraging? And then I realized that what she meant was there are a whole bunch of corrections that I need to make. Uh. <laughs> I haven't made them yet. They are still outstanding. <laughs> so I was like, oh, <laughs> taken down a peg or two. <laughs> oh, dear. So when will it actually come out? Uh, we're hoping October. October. Uh, but yeah, sometime this, this autumn. All right, next month. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. I suppose it is. So we've got like the cover and uh, Jeremy Pointer, who did the video, the yeah. the, the orange uh, animated video. He uh, has done some great uh, diagrams and drawings on the inside. He's also done the cover. Uh, the manuscript's pretty much done. And uh, yeah, I Excellent. guess uh, watch out world. Here Good. it comes. Okay. And uh, we've had a reasonably large event in the last uh, couple of weeks. Yes. In the... Uh, our boss has retired. That's true. Ian Milmine. <laughs> yeah. the, the office will not be the same again. No. Without his, uh, yes, his relentless uh, gospel enthusiasm yeah. and uh, bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Careful, careful. Careful. He's, he's probably <laughs> he, a listener. Yeah. Um, no, be... yeah, good. So we're, lo- we're looking forward to uh, what's coming up in the next uh, months. Years even? Yeah, so I think officially. Am I in charge officially? I don't know. (laughs) Everyone else stepped back. and uh, So I think we we have survived almost four days um, under my leadership. So (laughs) I think we should toast uh, each and every one of them. Um, So lots of exciting things coming up uh, at Revival. Lots of opportunities to develop proclamation. Mm. And so going and and, uh, doing evangelism around the place. Lots of uh, ways of promoting uh, the training of evangelists, Mm. like with 321 Go and things like that. Lots of ways of uh, getting involved in the media, Mm. videoing stuff and getting online with uh, various things. And do, yeah, stay tuned for some really uh, interesting online developments, evangelistic websites and that kind of thing. But uh, we'd like to keep you informed if you would like to keep up with with the details and and that keep listening to this podcast but also uh, why not sign up via email you can do that at uh, revivalmedia.org i've got a mailing list there and uh, hopefully we'll integrate that a bit more uh, Mm. centrally and um, 
keep everyone up to date. Okay, so today, Glenn, we're looking at uh, ethical hot potatoes. Yes. Um, you quite like hot potatoes. Do I, yeah, you, you, you said that I used the term a lot. I didn't know that I did, but wow. uh, everyone likes a hot potato. We did a series, they? didn't we, on hot potatoes? Yeah. We did one on hot topics before. Is that right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. So a moral hot potato. Moral hot potato. The the sort of the thinking behind this was uh, Richard Dawkins very famously tweeted. I forget how long ago. Oh, look, I'm looking at it on my iPad. It was on the 20th of August. Okay. He was talking about various issues to do with abortion and disability. Hmm. Um, one person wrote to him uh, who said 994 human beings with Down syndrome are uh, deliberately killed before birth in England hmm. and Wales in 2012. Is that that's civilised. Mm. Richard Dawkins responded, yes, it is very civilised. These are fetuses diagnosed before they have human feelings. Mm. Which, uh, you know, if you hold that view consistently, then you, you must support infanticide. Yeah. You just must. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Uh, human feelings don't develop till much later in, mm. in, uh, in human development. And, and so, yes, if that's, if that's the argument, if that's all that protects you uh, from being cut up... Um, then it's not just uh, those in the womb that are in danger, but mm. but anyone who actually can't uh, have human feelings as Richard Dawkins wants to define them. So that's a very scary state of affairs. Yeah. And then someone else on the same thread uh, tweeted, I honestly, and, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure this woman is uh, an atheist herself, she said, I honestly don't know what I would do if I were pregnant with a kid with Down syndrome. It's a real ethical dilemma. Mm. Richard Dawkins then replied, Abort it and try again. It would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Boom! And then the the whole Twitter sphere exploded. Yeah. Um, and then in his apology later, and I and and I'm doing the air quotes thing just so you know. In his apology later, he um he said that he didn't realise that if you respond to somebody on Twitter that it's not, you know, private and that, it, that other people can read it. He's got a million uh, followers and he doesn't really understand Twitter. Mm. You know, th- that doesn't stop him. You know, he wrote The God Delusion mm. without having the first clue about what Christianity says. So, like, he's, <laughs> he doesn't mind blundering into things without, uh, without knowing about them. But, uh, but that was sort of the really contentious one. Abort it and try again. It would be immoral to bring mm. a, a Down syndrome baby into the world if you have the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so much is just, like, horrific about that. But yeah. perhaps the most horrific thing is saying it's, it's, it's positively immoral to have a Down syndrome baby. And at that stage, the rest of the Twitter sphere, usually the response was something like... Um, Down syndrome's babies can be really, really happy and they can live really fulfilled lives. And that's really true. And if Dawkins had, you know, wanted to do any good science on it, he could have looked at the studies Mm. and seen that 99% of all Down syndrome people uh, describe themselves as happy. 96% of them, like, say they are very happy with their appearance and things like that. You ask the general population those questions. (laughs) And so, like, on the the face of it, it looks like Down Syndrome's um, sufferers are the happiest people on the face of the planet. And, And Richard Dawkins wants to wants to kill him and and he wants to say that it it's it's so that we can uh, maximize the happiness of the human race um but here here are some of the happiest people in the world yeah. and he wants to kill him but to respond to Richard Dawkins in that way, it, it has a limited value. To simply say, oh, no, no, you know, Down syndrome's babies are really, really happy, so let's not kill them. Mm. If you make that argument, then you're basically saying, oh, but if someone's born depressed, we can kill them? Mm. Is that, you know... Um, mm. 
if we want to play his utilitarian game, we get ourselves into a, into a real mess. Really, what's objectionable is, is that anyone, the, 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 the strong stand over the weak and say, these are the criteria by which you must justify your own existence. Mm. You've got to do this. You've got, you know, you've got to have human emotions as I define them. You've got to be this amount of happy, this amount of independent, this amount of this and this amount of that. And as, as soon as you make that the qualification for true humanity, not only have you excluded those in the womb, you've excluded the mentally handicapped, the physically handicapped, you've excluded those with senility and, and at the end of their lives. Um, and it's, it's just a horrendous, tyrannical vision mm. uh, for humanity that you've got. And, and so, you know, I, I, I got involved in some, you know, Twitter back, back and forths um, with people. And, and, you know, on the show notes, you can sort of have a look at a, a conversation I had with, with one guy who had been approvingly retweeted by Richard Dawkins and, and sort of got into, got into a conversation uh, about it. And it was fascinating. He was, he was really um, fighting against the eugenics label and, like, didn't want it at all, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because 100 years ago, people were happy with the label eugenics. It was a, it was a perfectly respectable part of the whole Darwinian thing you know if the if the fittest do survive well it's a hop skip and a jump to saying the fittest should survive mm. right and let's let's give evolution a helping hand and all those sorts of things and that that used to be uh, a, a you know a minority but still a respected view and and it seems to lurk at the heart of of, of some of these arguments but the whole thing just got me thinking how do we how do we speak as Christians on on this issue, um, and I don't really know the answer to that. <laughs> how do you, how do you go from protecting life in the womb to proclaiming Christ? Yeah. And some of the, the the beginnings of thoughts that I that I've had, and as I had this back and forth with um, this sort of Dawkinsite, it sort of became very clear to me that, that the Christian story is just diametrically opposed to the Darwinian story. Mm. The Darwinian story is the survival of the fittest. Uh, we believe, actually, in the sacrifice of the fittest. You know, Jesus Christ, the fittest, yeah. comes down to be sacrificed so that he can give survival to the feeblest. Yeah. You know, so we believe in, in survival of the feeblest <laughs> and the sacrifice of the fittest. The Darwinian story believes in the sacrifice of the feeblest and the survival of the fittest. And yeah. it, it just, is there a way of, in conversations, just being able to, to step back from these moral issues and just saying there's a story that's going on? Mm. Um, I was involved in a conversation with a, uh, an atheist a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, he worked for Eastbourne Borough Council, and um, he is a mental health nurse, helping people with all sorts of illnesses and uh, and giving of himself in, in wonderful ways. And yet it was interesting. He was, he was sort of talking to me about, you know, why are you a Christian? You can't be a Christian. You know, we live, we live in a world that is just survival of the fittest, and it's just dog-eat-dog, dog, and, and you guys are just living in cloud cuckoo land. <laughs> And I said, well, well, that's interesting, your line of work then, because like you, you, you're involved in giving of yourself. I think that's a really noble thing to do, don't mm. you? He said, oh, yeah, I find it really fulfilling. I said, well, that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, when you give away your life, you find your life. That actually through sacrifice, you actually find true fulfillment. Mm. But that's, that's not the Darwinian story. The Darwinian story is grab, claw, climb, scratch, kill. 
hill, get to the top of the heap, and then die. You know, <laughs> surely that that intuition you have about what the good life looks like, surely that intuition works a whole lot better on the Christian story, mm. and doesn't work so well on your story. Don't you mm. see that? And and as I started to have that conversation, that that started to be a way in yeah. to gospel conversations. That what you want to talk about is the stories mm. that we're in. On your story, we are ascendant chimps. <laughs> on our story, on the Christian story, we are fallen children. Mm. And those two different stories will unfold in two radically different ways. If we're ascendant chimps, then gouge, scratch, kill, climb to the top. And, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog out world mm. out there and you, you've got to be on top. If we are fallen children, then surely that that's very chastening. And, and we have a God who comes after the fallen children to save us rather than we climb ourselves up by our, yeah. boot, by our bootstraps and all that, all that sort of stuff. It's kind of going back to roots, isn't it? Because, mm. I mean, I've heard Dawkins say that, you know, there is no, there is no law to live by. Mm. You know, it's only what we discuss and what we agree on. Yeah, that we get to the result of our yeah. morals. Yeah. So there's kind of there's no there's no basis. Yeah. You've got to kind of make it up, and uh, it's sort of the naturalist yeah. idea that everything will sort itself out. You know, the weakest will die off. Yeah. You know. And, uh, yeah. And we'll, if they don't, we'll, we'll kill on. them. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> we'll make sure. Yeah. <coughs> finish um, the job. I guess you know what you're getting at is that it's the the starting point of yeah. where you've got to go back to. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of gives you a, a completely different starting point to yeah. to take it forward. I think so, and, and I think that's that's kind of my model of evangelism as well. That whatever the topic, whether you're talking mm. about ethical hot potatoes or whatever you're talking about, that at some stage it's about, oh, hang on, let's step back. Mm. Here's the Christian story. Don't you see how that issue fits into the Christian story, rather than you know fitting it into the Darwinian story or whatever other story that people want to tell. Um, and it, it, it came home to me with um, Giles Fraser quite mm. recently. He's um, uh, Anglican, quite liberal vicar in um, in London. He writes for the Guardian, and um, like I say, you know, he, he he writes you know typical liberal Anglican stuff most of the time. But he wrote brilliantly on mm. euthanasia back in July, mm. um, and I think what what he did so beautifully, and I'll, I'll read some extracts from it. What he did so beautifully is. Take the, the moral ethical issue and say, let's step back. Let me tell you the Christian story. Now let me sh show you how the ethical dilemma fits into the Christian story. And now let me paint a picture where you want it to be true. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's kind of how we need to do evangelism. He, uh, he wrote this on the 18th of July. Uh, in The Guardian, he said, uh, one of the main things that many atheists, and some believers for that matter, fail to register about Christianity is that it's not so much a metaphysical account of the nature of the universe, nor a codification of ancient moral principles, but primarily a romance, a sort of love story. Hmm. Okay, great. We're off and running. Um, uh, the third paragraph, he says, if I had to sum up the nature of this love story, I would say that it is about someone coming to find you. Someone seeking you out, and at their initiative, without you having had to dance or impress for it, they tell you that you are loved and cared for in ways that you do not actually believe to be true. Later on he says, why am I telling you this? Because I think it helps locate some of the emotion behind a great deal of Christian resistance to the assisted dying bill. So speaking about euthanasia. Mm. In particular, the principle of personal autonomy that uh, that often accompanies uh, these arguments. 
my life, my choice, etc. I guess the idea here is that the individual can be relied upon to act in his or her own best interests, and if they don't, well, then at least they have no one to blame for that except themselves. And that sounds a bit like hand washing to me. With the Christian romance, however, autonomy is precisely the problem、mm. and not the solution. Here, Christianity is at its most countercultural.、Yeah. So, what he's done there is he's, he's zoomed back、mm. from the issue, told something of the Christian story. He's gone across to the secular story, and he's just shown, he's shown the foundations there、mm. about choice. And he's just putting the, putting the question mark in our heads.、Mm. Is that really what we want to say? Do we really want to say that, that our autonomy is the, the bottom line and it's me and my life and my choices? Is that what we really want to say? So he's doing the compare and contrast between the Christian story and the secular story. And then he concludes his、um, article by saying this If I ever got so low as to be close to suicide, I don't want anyone respecting my choice. I want them to come looking for me. And to try and love or bully me out of it, even if I am lost to a settled decision for self destruction.、Mm. I would be secretly very unhappy if my children did not attempt every trick in the book to overrule me. The thought that they would go, okay, Dad, it's your choice, feels like a terrifying form of abandonment.、Yeah. Boom! You know, like <laughs> that. That's how you do it.、Yeah. That's how you do it. And you do it by zooming back, telling the, the love story.、Mm. Going over to, to the other view and saying, oh, that's, that's your foundation, choice.、Mm. And, and, and even, even if I'm stuck in a stupid and self destructive choice, really, you're just going to let me do that?、Mm. Or, and, and that's what the moral decision is. And he's like, no, love requires that you overrule choice at times. And I, I think that just, that just beautifully outmaneuvers out、mm. the. The, the arguments for, for euthanasia, but more than that, actually presents the gospel.、Yeah. Presents, you know, here is Jesus who's come to, to find us and save、mm. us. And he acknowledges look, it's, it's a really countercultural story. It sounds like nuts to you. I know it does, but wouldn't it be great if it were true, actually?、Mm. So I, I think that's. I, I don't know how to do it myself, but I think Giles Fraser in that article, we can, we can link to this in the show notes. I think that gives a. a A hint at the sort of ways in which we should engage in, the, in these debates, not simply so that we win the debate,、yeah. but so that in the midst of it we actually proclaim Christ.、Mm. And, so. But, but if, you, if you center the whole discussion on, on choice as,、mm. the, as the center of all things, it, it just buys into this sort of mythical view of the self as this like, strong, almighty,、mm. independent being, and, and no one can trespass on my、yeah. you know, sovereignty. Well, I、uh, guess we've, we've made gods of ourselves. You know? We've made gods of ourselves. We and, are our, our own gods. And,、uh, and no one can come in and tell me what to do. To,、uh, tell yeah, me what to do. yeah, exactly. But where's the love in that? And I think、yeah. that's what the Giles Fraser article is so beautiful at saying. Okay, okay you've you got your choice thing. And it sounds,、mm. it sounds really liberating and empowering to talk about choice, 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 choice.、Mm. And it's really in tune with you know, the cultural zeitgeist to talk about choice. What about love?、Mm. Um, Because there, there come points where love means giving over、mm. choice to others and letting others into our sphere of personal autonomy、mm. and, and being dependent and not independent、mm. and all these other things. And I think we just need to uncover 
the sinking sand of some of the, the the secular arguments and just show that actually do you really do you really want to build your house on that yeah. um and just to show the the beauty of oh, here's a love story um this will make sense not only of the ethical issues but it but it, it, will, it will proclaim christ to you and show how he is at the center of all things mm. okay glenn well uh that's uh, gives us a start to yeah. navigate the moral. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I debates. don't know how to do it, but I think yeah, that's it's got to be more than just debate, hasn't it? Basically, yeah, it's got to be more than just yelling pro life. Yeah. You know, um, pro life because the strongest in the universe made himself weakest yeah. for us, the weakest, that we might be strengthened, and therefore life and the good life is all about protecting the mm. weakest and the least. And what a beautiful vision for life that is. Mm. Not the strong making choices and trying to remain strong for all their lives. Um, and and just, just, yeah, seeing things for what, what they really are and, yeah. and therefore seeing the beauty of, of Jesus, the romance story. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, if you have any comments about today's show, you can go to the web address for this episode, which is revivalmedia.org slash TEP67. So next week, Len, uh, what, what are we hoping to do? We uh, have got lined up a whole bunch of uh, interviews with people, uh, with some uh, evangelists and some authors, and uh, so really looking forward to uh, talking to some people like Roger Carswell, like uh, Mike Reeves, mm. like Andrew Wilson, uh, Carl Lafferton, a few others, um, about uh, books that they've got coming out and just uh, more generally about how to share the good news. Okay, well, we look forward to that uh, next time. So again, uh, the web address for this episode where you can share the podcast is just revivalmedia.org slash TEP67. And uh, there's a, a link there that you could give us a rating and review. Be very grateful if you could do that. It helps us to get seen by more people within uh, within iTunes. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time. See ya. See ya.